Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. We're going to go ahead and get started. Welcome to uh, number four, week number four of Grace-Based Parenting. We're going to be talking about a secure love today. Um, as you notice, I've written up some things on the board. Uh, Adam and I are talking about not not giving you so much material that it becomes overwhelming. So I have just put some ideas up on the board that I'm going to save for after the video. So you'll have plenty of time to to write them down. And these are different ways that you can begin processing how do I want to make sure that my children feel securely loved? What are some of the elements that we have come to understand create a sense of well-being and love with our children? And so these are just some great um, shortcuts to pay attention to that will fit with anything that you're actually doing at home. Um, I know that you've all been chatting a little bit, but I want to give you a little bit of time to talk about how the process of grace-based parenting is going for you. Um, and I want to salt and pepper it just a little bit. Jonathan and I were just talking about change. And I want to give you just a reminder of some elements of growth and change. Um, the first one is to make sure that you give yourself grace yourself. Um, we are pretty hard on ourselves, so if we want to make a change and we keep getting tripped up in it, what I want for you to know is that habitual behaviors create unconscious shortcuts in our minds. So we're not really aware of um, the process by which we are responding. This is a way that righteousness builds on top of itself, but I believe sin has hijacked it. So if you do have a habit in my family, um, anger and strong words uh, were really what was caught by all the brothers because my dad had that. And so the, by the modeling of my dad, we just sort of learned that in a certain, in a certain t- approach, in a certain way, we could use anger to try to force uh, what we wanted on everybody else. And it's, it's pretty typical that people will do something like that. I didn't realize that using anger in that way was completely inappropriate until after I moved out of the house. And I found out that other people weren't so mad all the time about things. <laughs> like, wow, I use it on my roommates, I use it at work, I use it wherever, because that's kind of the, mo- the model. What, what I learned at home did not translate well into the real world. But I didn't realize that because it was constantly going on at home. So I needed to change that. And the, the first step is to become aware that you are doing something that you would like to do differently. And so awareness brings frustration because you really don't have the skills to know what to do. The second thing that I learned through this process is mental rehearsal is that you want to place yourself in the position where you're interacting with somebody else. And so generally I would close my eyes and I would begin to think through what would I do, how would I respond instead of the response that I was always doing. Now this is what's really cool about your brain. Your brain doesn't know the difference between fantasy and pretend. So, if you are watching a movie, you'll find your body 
reacting to the emotions that are um, being displayed in that movie. So we'll cry, we'll laugh, we'll dodge or something, is that your mind is designed to have its own experience regardless of what's going on in reality. And you can begin to reprogram yourself by thinking through what do I want to do differently. So I would pick particular situations, bath time, bedtime, um, sitting around at the table, just uh, leaving the house. That was always a really big one. Um, coming back, being in the car, that was awful. Screaming in the car is one of the worst things ever. Especially a high-pitched scream. It's like a tent peg right through, through my head. It's like, ah! You know, it's like, you need to stop doing that or I'll really give you something to scream about. You know, that, that doesn't help at all because you're still trapped in a little rocket going 60 miles down the road where they're screaming their brains out anyway. And it's like, this is not working. So here's what I want you to know. If you don't know what to do, you'll do the same thing over and over again. And so not only do you have to think about what does my emotional response need to be, you actually have to come up with some solutions to do things differently. So my wife would cut apples. We would tell stories. Uh, we We would talk about... Since I like stories, we would just talk about different components of a story, and I would just make something up, and it would just be hilarious. Uh, we would tell Silly Sally stories in the car, but it really wouldn't be Silly Sally. It would be other kinds of things where kids would be goofy and getting themselves in trouble, and they would help tell a story with all of that. We had to actually do something differently because our kids would fall into the same patterns, too. When they were bored, they would pick on each other. If they didn't have anything to do in the car, because we weren't, uh, even, even when the videos came out, we didn't want to just have them stare at a screen even in the car or have iPads. We, we didn't want to get them into that. We wanted to interact in the car in a healthy way. So we really had to change a lot of the dynamics about what it meant to be a family when we got in that little um, rocket inner tube that went down the road for a long time. Um, and so you... I had to really think through who do I want to be, I had to think through what could I actually do, I had to think through what what would our children respond like and what was actually happening, and then I had to have a whole bunch of methodological choices and that's where I always fell short. What are some of the things that I could actually do? That's why we're in this class, is that you'll get going and you will find that something will work for a little while and then it won't work anymore. And what you need are a whole bunch of choices that you feel are ethically and morally acceptable that fit your family, fit your background, and honor Jesus all at the same time. Um, And so as we go through this process, what I want for you to think about is what would you like to add in your repertoire as you are... seeing how you can be a good representative of Christ. So we're going to open that up a little bit today on the standpoint of a secure love and how can we make sure that our children are securely loved. So what I'd like for you to do is spend a little bit of time talking about how is this process going for you? What are you finding success in? What, what have you tried to do? Um, what are some of the challenges that you are facing? And I'll give you probably about um, seven minutes or so uh, to about 10 till to just kind of talk some more about that and um, maybe share some of the methodological ideas that you're doing or some of the successes that you're having or just maybe some of the challenges that you are facing as we all do this together. Again, one of the values about this is we are all trying to do the same thing. 
and uh, we all probably have some of the very same frustrations because they come in little packages and they just sort of do whatever. <laughs> and we are always responding to helping them to grow to be mature. So let us ask the Lord's blessing on our time. I'm also going to hand out the, uh, the attendance sheet if you would go ahead and mark your name on there. That'll be great. And let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that... As your children and as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are able to be here today and talk about this change process. Lord, help us and guide us and direct us because the change that we make is really great, but the process is really tough on us. And so we ask for your mercies and your grace that you would help for us to really grow and develop, to become the people that you want us to be. That this group is a is just an oasis in a dry and windy, dusty desert, as well as a gas-filling station that gives us more fuel, as well as maybe a church service that gives us inspiration to keep going. That this class will be just a highlight of our parenting right now. Uh, In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and watch the video right now. Um, So we're on page 41 of your material, A Secure Love. And uh, what we're going to do afterwards is I I will go over the material on the board and then give you some more process time before we're done today. So let's just watch the video right now. Number four, A Secure Love. Okay, what I liked about today was some very practical advice on building a secure home. So you've got the affection, you've got the affiliation, and you've got the, what's the other one, the security, I forget that, acceptance. Acceptance, affiliation, and um, affection. Uh, Let me try this again. Read those off at the very end. Acceptance, affiliation, I'm missing one. Affection. Affection. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking that, but I just left that off my deal. Okay. Here are some things that I would add to your uh, practical side. First is silence is always interpreted as a negative message. So you have to put words and actions together. Some of you might be really great at caring for your children, but not saying the words. Uh, Some of you might say the words but not have the actions, and some of you might have neither one of those that connect with a child. A child doesn't always know what you're doing unless you verbalize it and you model that. So um, if your kids are having trouble, it may be because they feel disconnected from you. So when you're looking at what's going on in the family, um, you might want to make sure that um, you are thinking through, am I saying and doing the kinds of things that really connect with my child? Capture the heart of your child is this um, kind of statement that I always make over and over again. Um, That would be words of love and care that would have the actions that would go along with that. The words of affirmation are simply, these are elements that are really good and strong about you that kind of builds into what he's going to talk about a little bit later on is strength. Time spent together, children will often um, define love as time, T-I-M-E, and just being together and laughing and playing and tucking them in bed and talking with them and interacting with them is important, and acknowledge their effort. 
what you want to do is keep them moving in the right direction. They will know what they need to do before they can do it. And you're probably noticing that about yourself too. Is that as you're going through this grace-based parenting, the goal is not for you to be critical of yourself. It's to become aware and then pick some skills that you want to work on. You can conceptualize in your own mind doing those skills even before you will be able to do them as effectively as what you will in the future. So you want to acknowledge the effort. And then set your mind through prayer Colossians 3, 1 through 4 talks about that, is that if you're going to really begin changing um, your mindset, then you really want to ask for God to help set your mind. So pick the opposite quality. If you are struggling with impatience, then ask for God to help you to be a peacemaker. If you are struggling with negative thoughts or assuming the very worst, ask for God to give you realism with some optimism for the future. Ask him for the opposite of what it is that you're struggling with. Your brain is designed to be negative in its emotions, just so you know that. The very first place that your brain is going to experience a response is your amygdala. That's your emotional center, and the amygdala is your fight, flight, freeze, or submit center. It is designed to keep you healthy and alive. It is not your rational center. So when you're walking along and you see a hose that looks like a snake, but it's not a snake, your mind goes, snake, and you jump. You move out of the way. It is decidedly negative. You get around something that's hot and you instinctively pull your hand away. It is negative. Your initial emotional reactions will tend to be negative, even as adults. And it is through the transformation of the Holy Spirit that you can begin to have initial emotional reactions of compassion and care. Some people are wired more that way. Other people are going to have to work on that. So if you have an initial reaction that is more negative, I want you to know that you have some wiring that allows for you to move in that direction. And we're talking about you actually shifting that to a different kind of wiring. And to shift it, you need to shift it to its opposite. So you need to begin thinking about, meditating about, setting your mind on what does that opposite look like and that's how you get those reactions down into your emotional center. Next week or the week after, I want to bring you some more information about that since we're talking about the change process right now because I want you to lean into your biology. We don't have time to talk about that today. I want to talk a little bit about setting boundaries. This is a road and the road has boundaries on either side and it has a sharp curve and it has a guardrail. Um, This road is a conceptual model of your parenting. It is the model that our elders use when we lead our church. The outside areas are the morals and the ethics of the kingdom. You don't want to run off the road because you'll run into the ditch. And so you need to go back through and ask yourself, what is it that we are going to make sure that our family does because it is absolutely, through revealed scripture, the right thing to do? We're going to tell the truth. We're going to build each other up rather than tear each other down. We're going to guard our mouth and not just let anything come out that we want to. We're going to guard our eyes so that we're not watching whatever we want to watch because it can entice us uh, to become a, a different kind of people. We're not going to harbor malice in our soul. We're going to forgive people rather than be embittered toward them. We're going to be kind and we're going to be loving to people. We're going to, we're going to lay out what it is that we want to be. Those are non-negotiables. But the width of the road depends on the maturity of the person. 
So if you have a very mature individual, let's just go with a teenager, 15 years old, that is really growing and developing, that teenager can have a wider road because the road represents choices within the boundaries of God. A narrow road represents that you have somebody who can easily run off the road, and so you need a more narrow road and a road that has more firm boundaries. So the younger the child, the more narrow the road. The older and more mature the child, the wider the road. The problem that we get into is if you have an immature teenager, the road's pretty narrow. And then they get really, really frustrated. And so what we decided to do was begin talking about this concept that I want you to have as many choices as you um, can to drive on this road to honor God. But if you want to drive off the road and do your own way, then there will be some kind of consequence and there'll be a conversation about continuing to try to be a teenager, a child that honors God. You also can reach a point of vulnerability to where you're going to have to have some extra special guardrails. And you might actually think that if my child is not aware of that, they may bump into those guardrails. So when a child is sleepy, when a child is hungry, in fact, we use an acronym called HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. HALT means that people will have more trouble. Because the hunger, the anger, the loneliness are all closely associated with the amygdala, which means that they're very intense. So the more hungry somebody is, the more angry they can become. The more lonely they are, the more impulsive they can become. Um, the more... Um, the more tired they are, the more impulsive that they can become as well. So hungry, angry, lonely, tired, halt is one of those areas of vulnerability for us even as adults. So when you wear out, we were just talking about how the preschool years are the zombie years. When moms get really, really worn out, they're going to be more impatient. It's just, it is just the way that it is. So here's what I would ask you. Is God strong enough? to give you what you need in your daily bread so that you are more patient than less patient when you're totally exhausted? The scripture says yes. And I believe that that is true. Which is why we set our minds on who we need to be even though we're exhausted. Gentlemen, when you go home and you walk into the house and you go from being a working man to being a man at home, what you need to know is the skills at work do not translate to the skills at home. And what you have to do is change out your skills. Because what we do at work is entirely different than what we need to do to establish a secure home base of love for our children. Uh, because they're not our employees and they don't, they don't have a business plan for a correction. We don't fire them from our family. We don't sit down and discipline them in the same way. Uh, we don't treat them offhandedly um, like what we might do if we're at business. And so we have to actually shift. And that shift can be hard on us. And so when, when I finally discovered that I was not shifting well, I just simply asked God to shift before I went into the house. Is he capable? Yes. He's either a fraud... Or he is who he says that he is. So here's the deal. You are going to run out of energy. You may wake up without energy. <laughs> you may like, wake up in the morning and go, oh no, we have another day. I still have the same child. <sighs> is God going to give you what you need to be more Christ-like with that child? Yes. Which means you're going to have to pray through your day and ask for God to help you because you yourself have a road that you are on, a journey. And so what I want to suggest to you is that you begin thinking, what are the non-negotiables? What are the choices that my child has? What are reasonable? And this is where you and I are the same and different. Morally, we should be the same. 
but the way that you express those morals are really dependent upon the age of your children, the maturity of your children, what your children are capable of doing, and what your family history is, what your culture is, what part of the world you grew up in, what what your family found to be valuable. We have some variation on that. So here's what I would like for you to talk about. It's like 1025. I'd like for you to take the, like the last 10 minutes and visit with each other about how can you build and maintain, so if you've got this, how can you maintain a secure love, that your family is a home base of secure love for your children. And then we'll close out in a word of prayer here in about 10 minutes. So go ahead and kind of think through, strategize, use some of this on the board as well as what you heard to begin talking about this week. I really want to emphasize a secure love for my children by doing this. What do you want to do that will let your kids know that you really love them quite a bit? And then we'll close out in prayer. All right, let's go ahead and close with prayer. Uh, Some great discussions are going on. I just want to encourage you to keep those up and leave today with one or two things that you want to emphasize in this week that will allow for your children to know that your family and you love them and are a secure base of um, attachment, acceptance, affiliation, and affection. Let's uh, ask God's blessing on our week and we'll be done. Lord, thank you for all the ways that you work in our lives. And as we finish this up today, move us out into our families that we might be able to love our families well, especially as we're talking about our children. Love them well so that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we do love and care about them no matter what. And help for us, Lord, to feel that love from you, to have relationships with other adults that are that secure in our own marriages and with our friends, that we know that we have a secure base from which we operate as well. Help for us, Lord, to model you this week with our family and especially our children. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.